What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from around the globe. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do this show every Thursday live, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time here on talkradio.nyc. And now, of course, you can hear us Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on KMET. We're so happy to be a part of their family now. Um, so today I uh, have a, a, a special show in store for you, a little surprise, which we'll get to in a moment. But first, of course, we have a little section uh, from our book, Everyday Awakening, uh, which you can find at everydayawakeningbook.com. And today's section is entitled, The quality of our lives is determined by the quality of the questions we ask. How often do we listen to the questions we ask ourselves in our heads? How often are these questions that cannot, are these questions that cannot be answered? How does it affect how we feel about ourselves? When we start to become more conscious and mindful, we start to observe ourselves more. We notice little things, such as how we may ask questions like, does this always, why does this always happen to me? This is not a particularly helpful question to ask, for it feeds the unconscious mind, which then goes to work trying to find an answer. This is a very powerful form of negative programming because when we ask questions that will inevitably lead to negative answers, it disempowers us. The solution is to ask more empowering questions, ones that actually serve us, like, how can this serve me? Or how can I have fun with this? Such questions point our minds in a direction that creates a better life for ourselves. In general, why questions do not serve us? How and what questions are much more constructive? So, as we notice ourselves asking questions that do not serve us, we can learn to reframe them into questions that move us forward. How does this help me? What can I do to improve the situation? Where can I find more resources to help me with this challenge? 
These three good questions can move us closer to an answer that will actually help us to find real solutions to the things we face in life. As we become more adept at asking high quality questions, the quality of our life improves. What high quality questions can you start asking yourself today? So this section of, of my book I wrote uh, a little while ago, um, it, it's really something that uh, had been brought to my attention a while ago. And this idea that we often don't pay attention to how we talk to ourselves inside our minds. We, we say things to ourselves and we, we, we say things we ask questions and we make inquiries of ourselves that really don't serve us, but we're not often, we're, it's so unconscious. We're not even aware of it. And it comes from just this, this sort of negative programming. It comes from the amygdala part of our brain, always looking to protect us and keep us safe. So when something happens, it's like, Oh, I got to protect myself. Oh, why did this happen? Because, because we, we need to know why so that we, we don't make the, do the same thing again to get in this either painful or, or stressful or, or, or anxiety ridden state. Yet that's exactly the worst thing we can do because it only reinforces where we are. It only reinforces the anxiety. It only reinforces the pain. But if we ask a question when we're in the middle of something that's God awful, painful, challenging, that, that, that makes us a little weak in the knees, that is really the time to ask a question that really empowers us and serves us and helps us to, to approach the situation in a way that would really help us to deal with it in a better way. So instead of saying, oh, why does this always happen to me? Why do I always do this? Those why questions, not really so good. You know, as someone once said to me a long time ago, your mind, your unconscious mind is like the Google search engine. Any kind of question you put in it, it's going to find an answer for. So you can put in something very enlightening, like how do, how do we achieve world peace? Or we can put in something destructive, like how do I create a dirty bomb? And no matter what question you put in there, Google's going to give you a, an answer to it because it, it, it doesn't judge. It doesn't say, oh, that's a bad question. No, it just gives you what you're asking for. Our unconscious mind is the exact same way. Anything we ask it, it's going to give us. So if we if we ask our unconscious mind, oh, why does this always happen to me? It's going to come up with all kinds of reasons why this always happens to us. Because you're stupid, you're fat, you're ugly, because you're not loved, because of this, because of that. So we don't really want to reinforce those negative kinds of things that disempower us and make it more difficult for us to deal with whatever we're dealing with. But if we flip it on its head, if we flip the coin to the other side, and instead of asking a why question, like, why does this happen to me? We ask more question of, hmm, what can I learn from this? 
what can I do to get through this in a better way? How does this really serve me? Mm. Those kinds of questions now just shift our whole presence. It shifts our nervous system. Suddenly from being very tight and constricted, we relax a little bit. And then when it comes to trying to figure a solution out or solve a problem, because we're not so constricted, we're able to think more creatively. And we just, the way we approach the whole situation shifts and changes. And really our our whole demeanor will, will shift around it. Now, look, I'm not saying like overnight we're going to stop asking ourselves these kinds of questions. It's practice. It's something that we work at over and over again. It's like going to the gym and building those muscles. We just notice it. Just notice what kinds of questions do we ask ourselves. And then it's like, decide, is that really a good question to ask myself right now? Maybe not. Okay, let me switch it around. And then slowly but surely, the more we become aware of it, the more we catch ourselves and the more we change up the questions into ones that work for us. And again, good questions to ask are how and what questions. Why questions in general, I would stick away from. Unless they're like really empowering why questions like, why am I so lucky that all this wonderful, great stuff happens to me? But in general, those kind of how questions How can I be really creative in this moment? What kinds of resources do I need to really thrive in this situation? Always pointing the questions towards the solution, not towards the problem, but towards the solution. It makes such a difference. And over time, the more we do it, the more we catch ourselves, the more we reframe it, Soon it will start to become second nature. And, and, and over a period of time, you know, they say it takes 30 days to form a new habit and 90 days to solidify it. So not just for this next week, I'm going to give you homework for this next month. Catch yourself. Notice what kinds of things do you say to yourself? What kinds of questions do you ask yourself? And if they're not high-quality questions, reframe the question. Come up with a better, more empowering, more resourceful question to ask yourself. So let me know how that goes. You know, reach out to me. You can always find me at sam at talkradio.nyc or sam at theconsciousconsultant.com. And let me know what happened in your own life. What happens when you start asking yourself different questions? Do you notice things shift or change? I'd be very curious to hear from you. So that's the section from my book entitled, The Quality of Our Lives is Determined by the Quality of the Questions We Ask. And it's true, not just of the questions we ask ourselves, but of the questions we ask other people as well. And so that's from my book, Everyday Awakening, uh, which you can always get at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. 
Um, and, it, it, you know, we're in major book distributors. So if you're like me and you like to shop at these small independent bookstores, you can go in there. If they don't have the book, you can always ask them to order it and they can definitely get it. So uh, now it, it is my wonderful and dear pleasure to welcome to the show a surprise guest. Yes, if, if you subscribe to our newsletter at talkradio.nyc and you noticed it said like this is one of those me only shows. Well, guess what? Uh, I actually have a surprise for you. My dear, dear friend, founder and and uh chair of the Evolutionary Business Council, Teresa de Grobois, has decided to join me for the show today. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Teresa. It's great to be here, Sam. I always get so much out of listening to you. I'm like, now I know why I'm the surprise guest. I needed that little session <laughs> you just gave. It was so brilliant. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Teresa. It's such a pleasure. And, you know, I always appreciate the way you show up because you're one of those people who is so supportive of those around you and you are are such a thought leader in your own right mm -hmm. yet you spend your life supporting other thought leaders and that's what the evolutionary business council is all about and and that's one of the things why i consider you not just a dear dear friend but a mentor as well because you really model how to show up and and i have to say like one of the things i really love especially in the way you run the organization is like when there's a faux pas when when there's a mistake or an error you own it and and you 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 know uh, do what you can to rectify it and you don't shy away from it you don't try and justify what happened you just say look we blew it I'm sorry, and we'll we'll try to do it better. And and to me, like that's a a very good habit, a very good muscle, like I was talking about before, to build. So I'm curious, like, where did you develop that? You know, that's a great question. I think that comes all the way back to childhood. You know, as the youngest of a really big Northern Canadian family, um, if you didn't own your mistakes, they quickly became your liabilities. You know, because when you live in an environment, you know, my family was very much have nots. My father was a doctor, but our family was so big and he, he worked for the government. So very small salary. Mm. And, um, you know, I think in that environment where there's limited resources to go around and, um, you know, limited opportunities, um, if you try and hide what's wrong or you try and hide the mistakes, it always comes out, you know, and it, uh, it never goes well. So I, I guess I learned that muscle very early on that if you don't own, you know, with a, oops, let's do that better next time. Um, it actually quickly becomes your biggest liability that a mistake was made. And, and I think that lesson that I learned as a child has carried me through business all the way through. I think it's why, you know, when I was first coming up in business before I owned my own business, uh, in big corporations, I would get rapidly promoted because I never tried to hide mis my mistakes. I would just be like, well, that didn't work. Better go <laughs> ask for some help, you know, because yeah. the stress of hiding your mistakes, I think, becomes one of the the worst things you can do to yourself. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. OK, uh, we need to take a, a quick break, very quick break. Um, and when we come back, I want to dive into our topic of the week, which is self-care. 
And I think this is excellent that you're here with me because you also are are very uh, knowledgeable about this. And I want to also um, talk about it in in a maybe slightly different aspect than I think most people uh, think of. So, which is why we're we're going to do it. Something that came up recently for for myself, uh, which is why I chose it for this week's topic. So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday on Talk Radio NYC, every Wednesday on KMET, and we will be right back in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. This week we have a special surprise guest with us today, uh, Teresa de Grobois, all the way from Costa Rica joining us. It's such a, a nice surprise to have you on the show this week, Teresa. So I want to talk about self-care. And the reason why I want to talk about self-care was because something came up recently that that I think highlighted something about self-care that I think most people often don't think about, and it was my wife asked me a question because a a good friend of hers invited her to come down to Atlanta to spend some time with them. And she decided to not go down right away because she's, you know, like exploring some different things with her therapy practice and we have some meetings set up. And so she wanted to wait till after those meetings and not go down right away. So she pushed it off. And and she asked me, she said, 
you know, if this was you, would you, would you have gone down? And, and I said, well, I probably would have, but because for me, for you, self-care was taking time to, to, to do what you need to do, to be by yourself, to, to have that space. But to me, self-care would be spending time with friends and it would fill me up. And that, even though, you know, it would be last minute travel and a little bit of hassle going to the airport, being with a close friend, like, I, I love that because my version of self-care happens to be different than her version of self-care. And so that really got me thinking because lots of times you hear people talk about self-care and it almost sounds like one size fits all, that, that there's one way to practice self-care and that's it. But actually, there's not. Actually, there's many different ways to practice self-care as there are people. Right, Teresa? Or, or do you have a different that. view on this? No, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think um, I love that you commented to me as a mentor earlier, because I've always considered you one of my mentors in this regard as a shaman and a plant medicine expert. Um, you know, I, I think whatever supports you living in a holistic, stress-free way, you know, for me, a big part of that was moving to Costa Rica and starting our community with our food forest and everything, because for me, gardening is one of the things that most alleviates my stress. If I can get up in the morning and do an hour of gardening before I hit the day, um, it's just a massive stress relief. And of course, living in Canada with eight months of winter, just <laughs> no workability there. So, you know, a big part of me choosing where I want to live was actually a decision around self-care. Right, right. And, you know, sometimes people tend to think like self-care, it's just about, well, taking a day off or getting a massage. But sometimes it can be the exact opposite. You know, to me, self-care is really about taking care of oneself in, in sort of a, a broader perspective. So it could be going to your doctor for an annual checkup. It could be instead of getting a massage, going to the gym to work out. I'm like so thrilled that my building finally reopened the gym. They closed it because of COVID. And then the city came out with these new um, uh, 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 regulations around gyms and the ventilation system. They had to get a, find a, a contractor to put in a whole new ventilation system. And they just reopened it. And I'm, I'm still sore from like the last, uh, from, from, from going to the gym a couple of times this week. Um, but sometimes going to the gym because we want to take care of this physical vehicle that we're used to get through life. And it's not necessarily always as pleasant. Like self-care doesn't always have to be pleasant. Self-care sometimes can be something a little stressful because it's for our overall good, not necessarily what we feel like in the moment. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I, you know, I remember having friends who were like, oh, I hate yoga, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, why? And they're like, well, have you ever tried to do a downward dog? It's so uncomfortable to get into. And then the, the yoga instructors, there saying, let's rest and downward dog. And I'm like in agony. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Because the first time I ever did a downward dog was kind of like, it's discombobulating. And then when you stick it through and realize how good your body feels, after you commit 
to whatever it is that practice you has that gets your body working again, that gets your physical flow, any kind of practice, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's Qigong, whether it's yoga, it is going to be uncomfortable at first. And yet when you make the commitment and, and get yourself into a routine to really honor what it is your body needs to live in perfect health. And I say perfect with quotes, cause I don't, I don't believe there ever is a possibility of attaining perfect but live in a way that really supports you both physically and mentally. Um, when you stick it through, you know, how that practice makes you feel is so much more important than the individual steps within the practice. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't always have to be a big thing, does it? Sometimes little things are, are opportunities for practicing self-care like, you know, if you're sitting at your computer all day long, getting up and taking a break at least once an hour or or just moving around or doing some chair yoga or anything can be an opportunity for self-care. Yeah, very much so. You know, I'm I'm blessed to have monkeys come visit outside my window here. Where we live. <laughs> I'm like, oh, OK, there's the universe reminding me it's time to take a break and go stand and watch the monkeys for a few minutes, you know. But I think everyone has their version of that, right? Something you can use as a reminder to walk away from the computer, walk away from the desk, just go look at a tree for 20 minutes, but but something that gets you in a different mind space. Exactly, exactly. And and it's just learning to be a little bit mindful. It's It's, yes, it's good to focus on the task at hand. It's good to be very present to when we're working on something. And at the same time, when we're too focused, when we're, we're too uh, enwrapped in, in, in something and we don't allow some space to breathe sort of in between, we can overly stress our nervous system, which in the long run doesn't really serve us. In the short run, we might get a lot accomplished in a short period of time, but then the next day we can be exhausted, right? Uh, how many people are experiencing Zoom fatigue these days? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I must confess, I was dealing with a little bit of that earlier in the year. It's like, okay, there's my body giving me a wake-up call, um, you know, where all of a sudden my vision's getting affected. And I'm like, oh, I better start keeping track. How many hours a day am I spending at the computer and not even noticing it? Um, because I work during the day and then I go watch Netflix at night. Oh, yeah. hang on a second. <laughs> let, let me, uh, let me change some of those practices. You know, let me add a little gardening. Let me add a few more breaks during the day. Let me not spend my evenings watching Netflix, but instead paint a painting. You know, it's, it doesn't take much to make the shifts that help you be more of a whole being that's functioning and thinking and feeling right. so much better. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the things that my my wife and I had started doing during the pandemic was like not every night, but most nights during the week after dinner, we would go for a walk in Central Park. And you know, most people are like, "Oh, isn't it scary to go in Central Park at night?" And it's like, "No, it's perfectly safe. There's tons of bikers and joggers, and actually nowadays there's people riding all kinds of things, not just bike, but these one wheel things, these scooters. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, but it was just to get out of the apartment because at the time there was nowhere to go. And even now, even though things are opening up and 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 now that there's more stuff happening." 
still just to like get out of the apartment and, and, and go to, you know, a little bit of nature, you know, and just the central park is, has really saved us over the last couple of years. And, and one of the things that I spoke about in a previous episode of when being on the West coast for the summer, um, is is that on the west coast where we stayed we we were like surrounded by nature like all you had to do was just go to the backyard or just take a look outside the window and just nature was everywhere and then coming back to new york it's nature isn't everywhere here i mean there's <laughs> yeah. a little bit here and there but it's not the same like in canada i went to vancouver vancouver was so beautiful the the, the tree-covered mountains and the and the water surrounding the city i, I just felt and like huh? <laughs> and the birds like just millions of birds you know yes yes so it, it's just being a little mindful of even in the most urban of areas, you can always find a little spot to go to, to, to be around nature, to get a, a break from, from being in the same place. And nowadays I think it's still, lots of people are still working from home, even though things have opened back up and, and just changing your environment, you know, not making necessarily a drastic change, like moving from Canada <laughs> to Costa Rica, but. Oh, I do recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I look forward for coming down for a visit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, even just making those little changes can, can make a huge difference. Um, okay. Uh, we just another little quick break. And, and when we come back, I would like to, to talk a little bit more about that, uh, 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 Netflix, uh, kind of the, the indulging in the online stuff after being on the computer all day. And, and maybe what are some other things that we can do instead? Okay, Teresa. Perfect. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the conscious consultant hour, awakening humanity, and we will be right back in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking all about um, learning how to show up for ourselves. And showing up for ourselves, I'm talking about self-care um, with my special guest, uh, Teresa de Grobois. So, Teresa, you mentioned before about the, the this whole idea of Zoom fatigue and, and how the, even the physical symptoms and finding something else instead of watching Netflix or Amazon Prime Video or whatever you happen to 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 binge watch on. Um, so I'm just curious. Uh, I mean, you mentioned like gardening, but but what else do you do uh, instead of 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 watching the computer after having been on it all day long? Yeah, I really believe everyone has creative outlets that they need to really feed. You know, and um, for me, I'm uh, I don't know if you've ever saw, seen the TED talk about multi potentialites. You know, people who mm-hmm. just love learning. I'm that. I'm someone who loves yeah. learning. You know, so. In my spare time, I sew, I paint, I read, um, you know, I garden. I, I actually uh, most recently have been studying orchids. So I I came up with this idea. Maybe I could collect driftwood and tie orchids onto driftwood and see what happens, you know. So I now have like a couple dozen orchids down oh. below all growing on pieces. And they're starting to attach their roots to the driftwood, which I'm really excited about. I'm like the mother of the little baby orchids, you know. <laughs> you baby attaching your roots but um you know i I, they're all small things you know Mm -hmm. and yet they make such a difference to our own self-care because a lot of us work in jobs that are very left brain you know like the whole notion of working is 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 a very masculine energy i don't mean just men do it i just mean in terms of more feminine energy versus masculine energy um, you know that i gotta get up in the morning i gotta get somewhere on time i gotta get this many things done blah 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 it tends to be a more masculine energy to that, right? And all of us, whether we're men or women, have a more get things done masculine side, and we have a more creative relationship oriented side that tends we tend to associate with a more feminine energy. And whether we're a man or a woman, we got to feed both sides of our character, right? So I think everybody needs to find those things whether it's wood carving or cooking or something, but something that has you walk away from the computer screen and be creative, exercise that part of your brain and your being that is just all about reveling and creating something. Yeah. Yeah. I I tell you, one of the things that I've really started to appreciate more and more are just physical books. Because like most people, I I read books. I I mean, I get tons of books because of the show, but I also read books on my phone because of Kindle. But now it's like, I don't want to read books on Kindle anymore. I just give me a physical, hard, you know, uh, paper book that I can read and, and just to take my eyes away from the computer screen. Because I also, sometimes I will find the pot calling the kettle black, black um, <laughs> but I too find that I um, will listen, will uh, watch, you know, videos on the computer as well after being on the computer all day long. And and it's interesting because I have been hearing more and more lately. I know a number of people who've gotten that Zoom fatigue where literally their eyes were physically hurting. Um, I see loyal listener Patty on the live stream says, I've taken up pocket sketching just to see the beauty I have all around me in Tucson rather than have a phone in my hand taking photos. Yeah. Beautiful Patty. Um, yeah, just, just, and, and, and actually it's one of the things I really like about 
podcast is you can just listen to the podcast, but you don't have to be looking at the computer screen. And then you can be looking around you, looking at your environment, just noticing things. And sometimes I feel like we, we tend just not to notice sometimes what's going on around us when we get so focused on the computer or our phone. And, and I see it so much today. It's, it's where we're such a distracted society. Yeah. I think sometimes just doing the exercise of noticing cool things or cool people around you, you know, like, like just go sit, sit on a coffee shop patio for an hour and notice all the amazing people that are within eyesight. Notice all the amazing animals, you know, like um, it's funny when I first moved out West, I I grew up in um, Eastern Canada and then I moved out West and lived in Calgary for almost 30 years. And um, I'd never seen a magpie before. And I'm like, oh, my God, these are the coolest birds I've ever seen. They've got so much personality. (laughs) And all the locals would be like, oh, those are magpies. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, and it's funny. I'm experiencing the same thing having moved to Costa Rica now, right? Like there's things in this environment where the locals are like, what? You think the grasshoppers are cool here? I'm like, have you seen the grasshoppers in Costa Rica? Like they look like butterflies. They have some of them have such bright wings. That they're they're like bright orange, or they have these giant red grasshoppers here. They're hard to find, but you see them every now and then. Mm. And they open their wings, and they're like stunning, red, beautiful, like almost like a giant butterfly. And I'm like, there's people here who are like, ooh, bug, and I'm like, cool. That is yeah. the coolest thing I've ever seen, you know. Yeah. So I think it's all in like, what's your perspective of how you look at the world? Like you right. can choose how you look at things. Like, wow, that is so neat. You yeah. know, I never looked at garbage men the same until we didn't have garbage collection when we first when we first oh. built the retreat center here in Costa Rica for the first several months. Um, our road wasn't paved yet, so the garbage truck wouldn't come down here. Mm. And the, finally, we got the road paved. And the first day of the garbage truck coming down, we baked them a cake. And oh. <laughs> we, were, we were so excited. And, the, and now they wave to us every time. And I'm like, I don't think I'll ever take garbage men for granted again. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know? My life is so much better for having them in it, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. Right. It's, it's, it's even in nature, you find that like, like the, there are certain animals that are, um, not scavengers. What's the word? Um, that, that kind of, uh, you know, like, uh, buzzards, like, um, uh, 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 omnivores that vultures vultures that will like eat the dead animals like they'll clean it the jaguars they clean out the rotting stuff and and they're like the the garbage people of the jungle and it's so important like there's in every aspect of the um, life you'll find like you need to eliminate the garbage you need to take care of that and Mm -hmm. and i totally agree with you because i've lived through many garbage men's garbage strikes in new york city especially in the summertime when that stuff piles up and it smells and it stinks you really begin to appreciate what people do for us and how important is that to our self-care right yes yet we often don't see them you know, the interesting thing is since I, I now make it a point because I do yoga in the morning on the balcony, uh, you know, outside because um, I live in the retreat center here in um, Vista Mundo. And um, so when they when the garbage men come by now, I make it a point if I'm doing yoga, I stand up and I wave to them and I, I say mm-hmm. thank you every morning. And now it's like 
if I'm not outside yet, they stop the truck to wait for me to wave. And I'm like, wow, wow, I think I'm probably the only person on their route that waves to them and appreciates them every morning. And I'm like, wow, what would the world be like Mm. if everybody started waving to the garbage men and thanking them? Yeah. Just as an intention of we appreciate self-care in every form it comes in. And we see all those angels in our life that provide us with self-care. And then what would happen to our mental attitudes if we started noticing the janitor that cleans the floor in our entryway and actually made it a point to maybe learn his name and say hello to him or, um, or, you know, notice the receptionist at the doctor's office and the important role that she plays, you know? And I think so often we don't realize how important that is, not only to our self-care that these people are looking after us, but important to our self-care that when we notice them, it changes the way we view the world and right. changes how we feel and changes our own quotient for happiness. Right, right. I mean, again, going back to noticing all the things in our life, there are a lot of people who serve us in different ways that we don't even notice that are important to us having a good life. The the, the mailman or mailwoman, um, the janitor, the porters, the the, um, the street sweepers. I mean, they're, they're just, there's so many people out there, the people who work in the grocery store, the people who work in restaurants that we visit um, they're, they're, and, and, and truck drivers, you know, people who bring goods to us. I think if anything else, the, the, the challenges with the supply chain have really highlighted to a lot of people, like not to take for granted so much that we're always going to have 35 different kinds of cereal on the shelf in the supermarket that, you know what, if if the supply chain breaks down, there might not even be one kind of cereal there. And, and it really, I I really learned to appreciate just walking around and noticing different things in the neighborhood when I was out West, because we were dog sitting many times in many places, both in, in Encinitas and in, and in Berkeley, as well as up in Vancouver and I really got to appreciate just even if I'd walk a similar route, like when we take the dogs out for a walk, just noticing different things. Oh, there's a pear tree over there. Oh, there's an orange tree or there's some beautiful wildflowers or or there's a house where someone tacked up on the on the fence of the house like poetry. And and there are just so many different things like that, that yeah. to me... I just so appreciated because now that I'm back home, I, I don't see those kinds of things when I walk around my neighborhood here and, and, but I see different things. And, and like now I come back and I notice, Oh, there's a new store. There's a new restaurant. Like things have changed even in three months. There's been change happening here. And so just, I think being present and noticing our environment a little more like that, noticing the changes give some variety to our minds and our nervous system that that just that is an act of self-care. It really is. You know, how we view the world makes such a difference to our overall physical health, you know, yes. it changes the stress we feel in circumstances. You know, I um I had a really profound experience that shifted the way I view things. When when I first moved to Costa Rica, I was spending the winters, you know, what would be Canadian winter down here and then going back to Canada in the summer. And um, the first summer I went back, I went to the grocery store and my first experience was I saw these pineapples that I knew were probably three weeks old. 
Mm. And, um, and they were like seven, eight dollars for a little tiny pineapple because, you know, getting mm. food up to Canada is not cheap. You know, mm. Mm. I remember just being angry. You know, I'm looking at this mm. pineapple and I'm feeling my anger. It's like I've spent the whole winter having pineapple that was picked fresh off the tree and barely cost a dollar. And now I'm like, oh, I'm back and I have to pay eight dollars for a three week old pineapple. And I I remember I took the took the pineapple home. And I'm sitting with on my counter and I thought, I'm going to spend the whole summer being angry at my food if I don't shift this. I yeah. remember consciously having that thought. So I sit down with the pineapple, literally sit down in my yoga meditation. And I meditated with the pineapple for like 20 minutes. And I just got present to all the people it took to grow that pineapple, harvest the pineapple, ship the pineapple to the port deal with it at the distribution center, move it on a ship, unpack it, you know, br- bring it by truck to Calgary in a refrigerated truck, unpack it at the grocery store, put it on the shelf, serve me, check out so I could bring it home and have a pineapple here in a country where pineapple has no business being. Mm-hmm. You know? And when I looked at it that way instead, then suddenly I could be incredibly grateful that here in my other home too, I now had pineapple that could remind me of my Southern home, you know? And that was such a profound shifting experience to realize the thousands of people that were involved in my self-care so that I could have a pineapple here where, where pineapple don't belong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that shifted my relationship with, with my food for the, well, actually forevermore, but it definitely for that summer. And it, it helped me get out of that like anger of like, I don't get beautiful, fresh farmer's market food every morning now. Um, And and I want to be angry about that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things my wife and I really loved about being on the West Coast is the food was so fresh there, especially in California, because they grow most of it there. And so just going to the supermarket was like going to a farmer's market every day. And, Mm -hmm. And so really got to appreciate that. And I have a little story about supermarkets I want to tell when we come back from this break. But but it's so interesting. I just want to quickly say one of my indigenous practices um, I do is involves uh, um, a tobacco snuff called hape that comes from the Amazonian jungle. And 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 it's there's nothing illegal about it. it it's toba- it's a ground up mapacho, which is tobacco that they grow in the Amazon with different herbs and things mixed in. And there are different blends that I have. And I get um, you know, I've gotten it from different places, but I have like this one website that that I, I get my hape from. And so every time I do it, I usually do it about once a week as a meditative practice. And when I do it, I always try and remember to be grateful for the indigenous tribes that created the hape, to be grateful for the people who transported it, because this website is based out of Texas. So the people in Texas get it from the Amazon to Texas, then from Texas getting it to me here in New York and just being grateful for like the whole sort of chain of, of events and people so that I could have this experience, this meditative experience of working with the hape. And, and so I, I completely understand where you're coming from with the pineapple in Canada. (laughs) Anyway, I got to take one quick little break. uh, Our last break of the show um patty i see on on the live stream she's saying service jobs we give them goodies and a nice to uh and a nice tip at christmas time 
Wonderful, Patty. Glad, glad you also appreciate the service people. All right. We're going to take a little quick break. We'll be right back and we'll finish it all up uh, with the last little story and maybe touch upon some other topics. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday on talkradio.nyc at 12 noon Eastern time, every Wednesday on KMET in Palm Springs, California at 10 a.m. And we'll be right back in just a moment. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So, Teresa, you know, when you're talking about the pineapple, it reminded me of my experience when I was in Montserrat in in December. And Montserrat is this small Caribbean island just off of the coast of Antigua. And I was and it's a small island. There's only about 3,500, 4,000 people on the island. They've been through so much tragedy and difficulty with the the volcano exploding like over 10 year period of time and wiping out its capital. And at one time there was probably 13, 14,000 people living there. Now it's a fraction of that. And I remember talking to the woman who owned the B&B that we stayed with for the first uh, week that we were there. And she said, and we were talking about, you know, going to the supermarket and she picked up some stuff for us because we were in quarantine. We couldn't leave. And she said how, like, every time she goes back to the United States, how, like, going to the supermarket was like going to Disneyland because she could not believe how much stuff we have in our supermarkets here in the United States. And that when you go there in this small island, the supermarkets are tiny. They're like in New York, we would call it like a bodega. It's like a little deli. And they they, they have such limited choices and not that much fresh fruit. And it's like I learned to really appreciate we have so much abundance here that that really doesn't exist in a, a good portion of the world. 
And that I, I, I do kind of feel like sometimes we get jaded and, and we take it for granted and we don't really truly appreciate, you know, how much we have here. And, and so just your, your story of the pineapple just sort of reminded me of that and reminded me to be even more grateful. And that they say that, you know, gratitude is, is one of the highest vibrational feelings that we can have as human beings. Yeah, so true, you know, and I think so often when we're stressed out, and we don't know how to get out of the stress, just focusing on, okay, what is here that I have to be grateful for, you know, and it's so easy to forget that, hey, maybe that box of Rice Krispies is something to be grateful for. You know, I, I had a friend here in Costa Rica, she loves her Rice Krispies, normally you can get it at the grocery store here. But for for whatever reason, with supply chain issues, they stopped bringing them in for a while. And she had to ask hundreds of people if anyone was coming down, if they could put a box of Rice Krispies in their suitcase. And I thought, (laughs) geez, how often have I taken Rice Krispies for granted? You know, and like there's just so much in our life that we take for granted. And yet when we can get into that vibration of gratitude, like it's so easy for us to go into blame especially when things aren't going well in our life, right? Like COVID hit, how many of our businesses were impacted? Mm-hmm. We want to blame the government. We want to blame the pandemic. Uh, we want someone to blame for the epidemic. You know, it must be Wuhan labs. And I'm not saying whether I believe it is or isn't. I'm just saying that whole energy of we need someone to blame yeah. becomes so consuming. Um, you know, we might even blame our business partner or spouse for what's going on or, or just blame them that our life is hard and they're not not being good enough to us, right? And right. and instead, if we just shift that small little bit to say, okay, what is it in these people that I am grateful for? Mm-hmm. It's amazing the impact that has on our own health, on our yeah. own well-being. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And one of the reasons why I chose self-care as the topic for this week, I didn't really get into it in the beginning, but I just thought maybe we'll close with this. Um, when I came back from, from being away for three months and having a sort of a very expansive experience on the West coast, and it was expansive in many ways, not just because of where we stayed and the environment, but also because this, the little shift, the three hour shift and the time difference made it like a little more difficult. I wasn't going to as many morning networking events online and evening time. Uh, we, we, we would mostly explore where we were on weekends and the evening times we'd just walk the dogs or whatever. So, so we had even more space to just kind of be with ourselves and stuff in the evening time. And when I came back, I was like back in the energy of New York. It was, you know, I did the deep dive with you and Charmaine Hammond. That was wonderful. I would, I had a creep I was doing my webinar and launching my course and, and I was just going crazy for the first couple of weeks that I was here. And I was finding myself exhausted the end of the days. And then like nobody signed up for my course. And I was like, oh, what, what did I do wrong? And the self-doubt comes in and everything. And and then I, I, I got some good advice from people. I had some people review the webinar and everything. And then I kind of had a choice to make. It's like, well, do I launch the course? And it's a six-week course. Um, do I want to launch it by the end of October so that I can finish it before the end of the year? Or do I wait for the beginning of next year? And And there were like a lot of reasons why I could have relaunched it by the end of October, but then I realized, you know what? I believe life is 
telling me to take some space and that I'm tired, I'm stressed, I'm not giving myself the opportunity to really adjust to being back in New York. It, we're coming into fall and and as opposed to like most people, it's like, oh, I got to rush and like make all this money before the end of the year. I decided, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm going to take it easy. I'll, maybe I'll do some webinars. I'll do some things to lead up to it, but I'm not going to launch the course again until next year. Mm-hmm. And just that act of saying, you know, it might not make sense in, in terms of revenue and dollars and cents. But it makes sense in terms of my own self-care, my own well-being to kind of push that off and wait. And so that's really where, why I decided to focus on this topic of self-care for this week. So I I really appreciate you. I thank you for coming in and and joining me for for this discussion. Um, Teresa, why don't you, we just got about a minute or so left. Why don't you tell the audience about the Evolutionary Business Council, if they're at work in, in transformational work or, or personal and spiritual development, tell them a little bit about it and, and how they can learn more. Well, if you're a leader all about creating change, um, then we are the community for you. We are both a mastermind, a training organization, and is a safe space for leaders to do their own inner transformational work. So we are actually right now um, gifting out a f- very few scholarships to our annual retreat, um, a few partial scholarships. So um, if you're interested in one of those, I'll get Sam to include a link and um, come find us if you feel like we might be a fit for you. Yeah, Wonderful, wonderful. And the website for the organization is ebcouncil.com. Yeah, that's the letter E, the letter B, the word council.com. Please check it out. I've been a member for many, many years. If anyone has any questions about it, please feel free to email me. Again, you can always find me at sam at talkradio.nyc. Thank you all for tuning in. I have a wonderful guest actually next week. Jennifer Kaufman is coming on my show, a fellow EBC member, a new EBC member. So I hope you'll tune in for that. Thank you all. Thank you for Teresa for coming. Thank you, my loyal listeners. We will talk to you next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, 
We live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.